0: This program deals with devil worship and satanic beliefs. It contains
1: explicit scenes and descriptions of violent crimes and rituals. Because of the program's theme and controversial subject matter, parental discretion should be exercised. Americans are asking, who attacked our country? You have declared a subliminal jihad against the United States. Can you tell us why? Everything pertaining to what's happening has never come to the surface. The world will never know the true facts... What occurred? my motive. And night fell on a different world. And Iblis is thinking, you know, I should be getting this position, not Adam, and this guy is created from dirt. You are a lieutenant colonel in the United States Army. Correct. Now, and how does the army feel about you being head of the Temple of Set? And the conspiracy theorists can say what they will, but... I want
0: you to give me power over Adam. And I want you to give me soldiers and minions
1: and all of these things. The people have have so much to gain and have such a material motive for putting me in a position I'm in. We'll never let the truth back come overboard to the,
0: to the world. And I want you to be able to give me the ability to whisper into the hearts of
1: mankind. And uh, who was the grotto leader? I don't remember his name. You don't remember the name of a person who involved you in murder? Uh, these people are in very high positions, Jack. Yes.
0: I feel like, well, we should talk about, like, what is the subliminal jihad for the first episode. Like, that's... Yeah. That can be, like, a topic, you know, like, a A, reasonable topic, I think.
1: A a prologue, and I think it will touch on a lot of things that we're going to subsequently talk about. And it will sort of shed light on, like, why are we using this term? um, And and make a little bit of sense of it, because I think it's a... it's probably uh, ripe for some degree of misinterpretation or reaction, but that's probably part of the reason why we chose it.
0: Well, I think that previously we discussed, you know, the subliminal jihad is on two sides, you know? Like, the subliminal jihad is the struggle taking place, like, you know, uh, on the part of... Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a existential, cosmic, like, political struggle that is kind of bearing itself out uh, presently um, and uh, yeah and it's uh, both waged like positively and negatively um, you know the like uh, it's, it's kind of like a stochastic in terms of you know um, it's often hard to pin down like you know uh, what side of the criminal jihad like a certain action falls on like there are very clear sides. There's, you know, uh almost like Manachian kind of uh sides and like extremely high stakes. But sure. uh you know, when you actually try to map out like, you know, uh those sides, like it becomes like very confusing and like, you know, uh com- extremely complex and like there aren't uh those easy solutions that you would expect, like in that kind of, you know, eschatological
1: struggle absolutely absolutely and i i I think it speaks to the nature of many of the more specific things we're going to be talking about that um attribution uh intent um and uh, even sort of the concrete material outcomes of uh certain actions and actors and things like that um, often does fall in this uh, liminal or subliminal space where it's very difficult um, to parse whether uh, what side of the ball basically um, they're on, and I get, it, it is good of mannequin in, in, uh, in some respect. Um, I don't know. Do we want to talk about sort of the do we want to call it the negative and the positive, or or the light and the dark? Do we want to do we want to be that stark about it, um, just for ease of uh, exposition? Well, maybe I think
0: that people do think about it in those terms, um, mm-hmm. but like that's like you know layer one
1: uh yeah it is layer one i I guess thinking about like concrete examples of that playing out in the culture um and in our politics i would think about certain things like maybe certain conceptions of um of, of anti-Satanism, if you will, uh, the, the way they have found political expression probably from like the 1980s through today is either it's almost it's fallen down to a very clean binary where you have religious people um, and political conservatives on one side fighting against a sort of a globalist, you know, satanic sort of power structure. I mean, thinking in terms of like, you know, uh, conceptions of conspiracy, you have like the global Luciferians, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then on the other side, you have kind of, uh, you could take a more recent group like the Satanic Temple, which is sort of embraced as a sort of just kind of a bland, like left libertarianism as their culture and has formulated their identity upon um, opposing what they see as uh, a sort of vast right-wing conspiracy of uh, religious people and evangelicals um, who are kind of the cause of all the world's problems. And if only we could get rid of these pesky, religious people um, and um, and realize that like putting a Baphomet statue outside of City Hall is uh, – is just, like, uh, you know, a funny troll, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, man,
0: I saw that thing that you uh, retweeted of, like, that TikTok video, like, breaking down, like, Baphomet. Oh, and yeah, how, yeah like, retweeted know, by Anonymous,
1: uh, and, and not even Anonymous, but kind of the sub- the sub account of a of anonymous like ob death eaters, which I followed for years, but um is kind of the pedo hunting account like 1.0. um But yeah, here they are. Uh, would you describe um uh, the content of that TikTok?
0: Um, how I would you characterize it? It was like, uh, I mean, on one hand, like the person, I had no idea like how young they were. I could only imagine they were very young, but it was like a teen. Um, talking about, like, you know, uh, just, like, how Baphomet is a, like, a sort of benign symbol of, like, witchcraft or, like, worshipping goats or something, uh, (laughs) actually, it didn't really make, like, it didn't follow any kind of, like, logical, like, pattern, but it just seemed like, as, not that I remember, I don't remember actually, like, how, uh, the idea that, like, Baphomet is, like, a positive, like, icon was introduced like uh i uh, but like uh, uh, yeah it's just seemed like yeah there's some kind of like thing about you know obviously like witches worship nature like everyone you know but the jump from like baphomet to like your average everyday witch was like a very stark jump and i don't actually remember <laughs> like i watched it a while ago like i don't actually remember yeah.
1: It, it was it, it was a pretty shaky jump, and I noticed that with a lot of these like witch and uh, astrology TikTok accounts from the from the few that I've kind of seen. There's been a lot going on going kind of mini viral on Twitter the last few months about um, just a lot. It, it's like I, I don't I can't blame these are basically. It seems like mostly teenagers who are kind of Googling and discovering things for the first time and then immediately going and doing like educational explainer videos about this thing that they learned like five minutes ago. So I I don't actually know – I don't see in my experience um, that a lot of like so-called like white magic witches um, are – particularly really embrace Baphomet as a symbol or an object of worship or think that he represents, I I'd say it's much more uh, in, in my, uh, like in my observations, that they're more likely to think that, oh, well, he's not that bad. And if you think that it is a symbol of something bad, then you're just a stuffy Abrahamic religionist or something. And, you know, like that that's just a, a basically a, a yeah, bias um, from medieval like, times, blah, blah, blah. But saying yeah. that he is like a nature god and, and he's like totally cool, I, I don't— think that that jives with the history i think you might have a better um yeah well definitely levy levi Levi, um yeah france who kind of popularized him but i think it has an almost universal historic association with sort of left-hand path like dark occult groups am i right Yeah.
0: well i believe that like one of the earliest origins of the story of baphomet was that it was like i think actually it was uh, if I'm not mistaken, I had to, like, confirm, but if I'm not mistaken, I think that the, like, origin of it is, like, the, like, sort of stories about the Knights Templar, like, what they were eventually accused of. I think the famous picture mm. is from Elphi's Levi, but...
1: Yes, the, uh, that's
0: right. Yeah, but I think that, like, the uh, concept of Baphomet is, like, uh, originates with, like, uh, the name of what was presumed to be, like, the false idol that the Knights Templar... Were worshiping, Uh, yes. That was like Uh, when they were, were, I believe,
1: I want to say in the it was the 12th century when they were accused of heresy and devil worship and all burned at the stake. Uh,
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They were definitely all executed. I don't know if they. I guess I. That sounds like it could have happened, but I again like uh, I won't like uh, I can't like tell the story like perfectly from memory, but um, they definitely were like you know uh, and their great power as an order. Uh, declined, like, heavily after that.
1: Um, yeah, and it, it's kind of interesting and ironic, and I think it's the spirit of the a, a lot of the things we're going to end up discussing, that, like, teenage, probably ostensibly liberal or left-wing Zoomers on TikTok who are very into witchcraft and astrology are stanning the goat uh, demiurge or, you know, goat god or whatever that um, was founded by... Uh, you know, an order of heretic crusaders, um, whose symbology is now, uh, has been repeatedly embraced by neo-Nazi and fascist organizations in America and Europe. I mean, like the Knights Templar thing, I think, uh, remember Anders Breivik was, uh, he claimed that he was in contact with some group that claimed to be, um, a sort of, a uh, resurrection of the Knights Templar, some kind of, uh, yeah. far-right neo-Nazi I organization. I want to it was, like, a
0: Rosicrucian thing, like, because uh, that's a big thing in Rosicrucianism, like, you know, the connection with the Knights Templar, um, uh, yes, and I yes. want to say that it was, like, a Rosicrucian, but maybe it was, like, some Templar, maybe it was just called, like, the Templars, or, like, Templar order, I don't know, like, um, yeah
1: and um and not to mention that in more recent times I think uh I I would we can obviously dig into it and discuss it more at a later date but I'm pretty sure that Heinrich Himmler was a pretty big fan of knight's templar mythology.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And that's yeah. like well that's a huge thing like in the occult in general. Uh which like, you know, uh I feel like maybe like is less identified like with the occult but the idea of like the holy grail like templars like knights crusaders is like a huge thing in uh the occult i guess because like the con, like you know historically actually the contact between like you know uh religious orders like in the middle east uh, christian religious orders like of european extraction like in the middle east interacting with like different ideas like you know uh islamic ideas or any kind of uh concepts like that i think mm-hmm. you know that's kind of a lot of the time the heart of the you know western
1: the, occult uh well the, I,
0: I don't know if i would say well it's definitely like a formative influence where like it's inextricable mm-hmm. after a certain point you know i like don't like to be like oh like you know everything actually comes from like you know whatever like it's pointless like uh sure. but um you know it definitely did have like a key influence like ideas like you know the the importance of the grail is like the cup like obviously the whole thing of like the cup of price like isn't really as much a thing but like in religious orders like in in the islamic world like the image of the cup is like a big thing like you know in terms of initiation so like a lot people have drawn that connection but again like it's not a hundred percent clear uh, and i just wanted to clarify that like you know uh it's not like in terms of t- discussing like uh Witchcraft, or like the practice of it today, like it's not like just punching down at like, you know, I don't know that Carol from that video might end up to be 18. Like, it's funny, but like, you know, I'm just saying, like, uh, yeah, should, like, yeah. you should, I'm like, not you know, saying, but I mean, yeah, like, uh, but I just, yeah, I just want to say that, like, in talking about that, like, there are many of our peers who like practice witchcraft, like, and who also like have these same, like, you know, things. And like, I'm not saying that like any occult interest, like, is bad, obviously, but yes. like, you know, uh, the like uh it's just like a matter of like discussing like the meaning of it like you know beyond like that surface level thing of like oh well if you have any problem with any like you know if the the idea that symbols like can have like meaning beyond like what they might have for like the individual i guess mm-hmm. or like uh you know the idea that like there could be like a negative uh influence or like uh anything like that from a symbol is like like people have difficulty like accepting that like now like uh, and there's like an idea that you know uh, if you like if you yeah if you say like oh uh, really like you worship Baphomet or like whatever <laughs> uh, like there's and I, yeah like that's somehow like uh, bigoted but like you know
1: yeah this is as as Doctor Aquino would say you know this is religious persecution.
0: Yeah, and that is, like, a thing, like, in the United States, where you can practice, like, whatever, like, you know, cockamamie, like, religion that you want, um, and, you know, it's, like, ultimately, like, fine, but, I mean, it's interesting, yeah, it's, like, a matter of disagreement that, like, is uncouth to have, like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like, to actually, like, express that idea, like, in a way, like, it's interesting because... Sort of, one could argue, well, certainly, like, in terms of, like, uh, Satanism, it, like, tradi- like in, uh, Satanism, like, like in LeVean Satanism, like, kind of the point is that, like, it's, you know, antagonistic towards, you know, monotheistic religions, particularly Christianity, you know, so I guess, like, uh, that idea, like, is always kind of implicit, and I guess it's also kind of implicit, if you're Christian, that, like, you're uh, against, like, Satanism. Uh, yes. kind of like, you know, Christian or if you're Muslim or, you know, like a lot of, uh, any like, kind of religion that has a concept of Satan, which is a lot of them, like, probably, like, wouldn't be down, like, with it like, you know, conceptually uh, but, you know, I mean, we have to, I guess, learn to live with each other but maybe like part of that can be like having a discourse about like the meaning of like these symbols and like these ideas in a way that's like you know public or like not like just doesn't end with like oh well you know you can be like you, you know your beliefs or whatever you want like uh because then it's just you know it's the problem that I feel like uh religious people of all kinds, like, whether they're, you know, more traditional practitioners or they're, like, uh, you know, or more, like, orthodox practitioners, you could say, or people who are into any kind of, like, esoteric practice, like, uh, that stuff is kind of, like, not considered, uh, mainstream in some way. It's not part of, like, the public, it's not really welcome in the public sphere. Uh...
1: Yeah, yeah, in, um... In, in these sort of exoteric world um, of sort of religion, religious and spiritual practice, although I think that that's kind of changing. Um, but I do agree with your general point, and I think it is worth reiterating that we're not trying to attack people here for whatever... Um, sort of uh, non-traditional spiritual beliefs um they have and i think that that goes uh probably triple or quadruple for like people that aren't from america um that have indigenous practices in south central and south america and africa and asia and so on um and uh and i think in the sense it, it's real it's really more about, um, examining, um, I, I would say some trends that are, uh, that have gained in popularity maybe over the last, I mean, certainly over the last 50 years in America, I think, um, I think that sort of various forms of occult, spirituality um whether it's in very soft kind of corporate approved new agey forms or edgier things like the church of satan um they definitely have uh sort of assumed a more public uh role i think in our culture um and in a variety of ways, but um, I, I think it's certainly not our objective to like shame or mock most people, except for maybe Satanist, because I'm sorry, but like <laughs> he's, he's evil. Um, I'm sorry I, that that's just my personal opinion um, that he is like he's like ayn rand with like horns and a pitchfork basically i mean yeah. like they're especially leftists well that the if you're, like, a...
0: satanism like is particularly like bad yeah like i think satan is evil too like that's you know we're uh, we're not ideologically diverse on that point um uh
1: but... this is an anti-satanist uh Though, I mean, not... not It's an
0: anti-Satan podcast. It's an anti-Satan podcast.
1: We are I want, like, you to come and, like, explain
0: to me, like, why it's okay to worship Satan. Like, and I think that's, like, you know... uh, That's the case where I'd say, like, the whole thing of, like, oh, debate me, debate me. Like, there... In that case, it's acceptable. Like, I do want people to come forward and explain to me, like, why it's okay to worship Satan. And, like, the reason Uh of, like, oh, it's just, like, performative, like, or ironic to, like, you know... uh, like, subvert, like, you know, or not, I don't want to say subvert, although, like, uh, or at least, like, flout, like, you know, uh, like, uh, other, like, you know, or antagonize, like, uh, people for whatever reason, or, like, really, you know, I don't actually think that they actually even care about, like, their, like, presumed, like, stand. That just, like, mm-hmm. makes it, like, okay to, like, that's just, like, the justification for it. And really, the reason why they do it, like, not to get, like, too psychoanalytic. But the reason why they do it is, like, for attention, like, uh, mm-hmm. for sure, I think. It's
1: very flashy. But- and, I, I mean, and that, that that may only kind of apply to sort of public-facing, like, Levain-type Satanists, like the type who like to dress the part and, you know, I mean, you know, post about it and kind of live publicly out. I think when you get into certain... Uh, sort of spookier, deeper, high society orders of Satanists, which we will discuss, but I think it's kind of almost a different beast, uh, if you will, um, in terms of, uh, of not, not. I mean, in a way, maybe it's for some kind of psychological attention within a certain in-group, um, but it doesn't seem to be a motivating factor. Um, you know, I mean, just anybody who's in a secret occult order, by definition, um, b- I'd say he was probably doing it for other reasons rather than, um, well, public-facing attention. But I guess maybe you mean just in a deeper sense of feeling well, like a part of something. Well, I was talking about the group that
0: you raised, like so the, the Satanic Temple. Uh, yeah. That's what I was well, referring to. But, okay. yeah, I think yeah, that— Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely no, true wasn't. on their
1: account. I think that sure. a lot
0: of people, like, are sincere, like— uh luciferians like in some way i mean i think that like a uh, you know people in the temple set like are like serious about like what they're doing it's also like incredibly cringy um
1: uh, yeah and yeah. like
0: you know uh but they are like sincere um and like yeah but the whole but i guess really i mean it's also it is because like you know uh everyone like is what knows that they're cringy like if they like were open about what they do, they'd just be laughed off the face of the earth.
1: They probably like, would, you know. and, and honestly, I mean, wouldn't be very really all that powerful. Um, I think any any like very public facing group, they they might be good at sort of, uh, making, you know, micro celebrities out of themselves and like making money. Um, you know, in the case of like the church of Satan and having kind of like a pop culture influence, uh, to some degree, but if we're talking about real power, um, and I would suspect that if the temple of set was ever involved in anything that was like significant, I mean, it would have been on the side of, um, Michael Aquino's, you know, military work um, and intelligence work and things like that. And probably I, I maybe wouldn't have even involved most of the kind of goofballs that are, you know, in it for like the rituals and the bonding or whatever the hell um, or whatever they're they're in it for. Um, but I, I, I do think there's all kinds of different flavors. I mean, I think maybe also to to single out another tendency would be sort of just like, I think on the left now, the American left broadly defined i think there is uh there there is kind of space for kind of um yeah you know ver i mean various occult tendencies um and i think in some cases perhaps like that's uh, has I kind of neutral influence uh, one way or the other, but I also think there's a lot of aspects to it that, again, I'm like, I wouldn't, you know, demonize people for, but I would <laughs> point out as if this uh, is your I underlying mean, well, they're philosophy. they're kind of demonizing
0: themselves, like, literally, like,
1: you know. <laughs> they're demon this, folks. Yeah. Um, literally a demon. Well, yeah, I mean. But, so. you know, I, I, I mean, what happens when people kind of, I think uh, lean into that and say, yeah, I'm a demon. Like I I just don't see the positive uh, – like a positive future with that kind of philosophical underpinning towards the world because it feels very uh, Hobbesian, very dog-eat-dog and very not towards a kind of more – I mean, I hate to use word, but like progressive future for humanity um, to uh, kind of uh, deify the self and um, and uh, or, or, you know, worship a figure that is all about kind of like the deification and worship of the self at the end of the yeah. day. But um, I
0: wonder if like the vision of the progressive future for humanity, like, I mean, who's like more Masonic like <laughs> than all the people who like came up with? some of these, like, ideas, like, about the, like, the progress, like, uh, really, like, you know, the, I feel like the traditional narrative, this is, like, uh, a thing of mine lately, that I feel like the traditional narrative of, like, historical teleology, like, that everything would get worse and worse and worse, and then there would be, like, an apocalypse, Uh is, like, way more uh, accurate to what, like, we're seeing bear itself out than, like you know, the narrative of like we're all gonna just progress, 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 and then we're gonna like go to the moon and like you know just become <laughs> or like become gods. Like you know, what's the difference between that? Like the natural ideology of that is like you know to worship Satan because Satan like is like a Promethean figure. Like yeah. you know the Miltonian Satan. Like he you know takes the like like he is all about like that. I like well you know in terms of the conceptions of the devil. Like traditionally like that's what uh satan is like uh satan is all about like so why not like if that you subscribe to that idea like why like you know the idea basically of the human race like becoming gods like most like uh you know well it like really varies it really varies and there's like and i Mm -hmm. kind of like there's like a sort of a theosis like that's a part of like a lot of you know traditional like esoteric like thought or you know just uh higher level like religious thought like traditionally i feel like in christianity and islam Mm -hmm. but like uh you know i think that the enlightenment i mean the enlightenment like there you go like you know uh the that like kind of uh those ideas like are kind of naturally like in tune with uh like you know uh like you know like whether you want to leaving aside the question of like whether you know it's uh Good or bad to worship the devil, um, like <laughs> no, it's true. That, I mean, all the other side, Like you, like I feel like the, uh, you know, those two things like are very compatible, and I think that that's part of like the idea, like freedom, you know, like the the idea of freedom, like very freedom. starkly different from like the idea of like Islam, like submission, you know, like very different uh-huh. from that. Like you know, I think that submission, like you know, an Islamic thought, like is in a way like a form of freedom. Uh, but you won't get a Satanist to tell you that freedom is a form of submission, like at least not explicitly, like, uh, you know, they might find that out.
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of backwards. Instead of, uh, preaching submission, um, to, to, in order to achieve freedom, they're, uh, preaching freedom in order to achieve submission over, I don't know, uh, the human race, uh. Um, yeah, or domination. Yeah. Domination is what they
0: desire, but, like, they really submit themselves, like, to... Like, I mean, well, that's the true. like, you know, like, that's, uh, that's like, the sort of, um, you know, uh, what's it, like, Mary remembers, like, kind of idea of, like, Satanism, I feel like. Uh, they obviously, like, don't think of it this way, uh, but, no, you know, yeah. like, of course, like, if you, like, become a Satanist, like, ultimately you have to, like, sign the devil's, like, book or whatever, you know, you have to, like, become, you let the give yourself like over to the devil. Um, you know, that's like really. Uh, yeah. I don't and, know, like, and I in mean their doctrines like, you know, obviously they don't conceive it that way. I you know. Well, of do, course, but, but that that domination. gets yeah.
1: I think that gets back to maybe uh our invocation of the term subliminal jihad because yeah. <laughs> they're essentially the targets of one. And, um, like, in in a way that they are not conscious, I I think that's, like, that's a major theme we're going to run back to. And I think, like, even uh, examining very material, like, you know, historical events in the world and things that happened. um, The the one thing that always uh, never ceases to fascinate me about, you know, say things like uh, like every horrible fucking thing that the United States did during the Cold War. um, And... I think the actors in it were in many cases. I mean, there definitely were people that were fully conscious of what they were doing and loved it and kind of it didn't keep them up at night and whatnot. Um, or, or, you know, they were they were they stared into the, the ugly face of, you know, the deeds they were committing and, you know, were at peace with it. But I feel like there's a ton of people that like have absolutely no conception of what they were involved in and like if you try even if you tried to explain it to them in like a verified historical way they'd sort of just stare at you blankly and say well i was well, I, I was working for my country you know or something along those lines of you know well uh, it, it was it's like uh, you know and and kind of um the capacity for sort of um the capacity for people to be deceived and um and to self deceive i feel like is incredibly powerful and probably ties through with a lot of probably every religious tradition in a way and not to say that it's always negative but it is i think a core psychological function and um and sometimes when you're talking about um especially sort of spooky groups like uh you know like satanists or things like that um I think uh, you have to be aware that, you know, people, you know, people know not what they do a lot of the time. And um, that doesn't mean that they uh, are not responsible for what they do. Um, But it's like it's it's worth kind of examining like how. One's unconscious participation in something like, I mean, th- the speaking of kind of progress as like a, a satanic force, I mean, I think I would say the same thing about capitalism is that it almost is like a satanic demiurge that has – uh, Conquered, spread across the planet on the last several hundred years, like gobbling up human souls and um, and d- performing acts of alchemy to uh, create value out of thin air, where uh, or at least the perception of value out of thin air, and all these. I mean, if you think about it, like and, and it's also a almost Catholic force that doesn't have you know a central committee or a single hierarchy running it. It's more like an organism, a distributed network of, um, of, of kind of demonic forces. Um, yeah. and so I think, I, I think at least using that kind of language is something that, um, I, 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 think is interesting, uh, coming from myself being like basically a paranoid Marxist, um, using, uh, this kind of language of, you know, uh, sinister forces, um, I mean I'm I'm all for like the materialist analysis of capital but it, you have to admit that it has a certain almost mystical uh evil quality to it in the way that it operates and it, it it's kind of even though it is built by humans it it itself is un, is beyond human um and kind of beyond the logic of any living organism
0: yeah and I think that that is like really part of what Marx said uh, in Capital, you know, the, the like, the fetishism, quote-unquote, of commodities, like, is described, like, in terms of, like, a seance, like, a table turning, like, a table mm. coming to life, you know, like, and we, like, especially now, like, we're everything, I think that you were going back to saying, like, there's a greater, like, you know, influence from, like, the occult in like, uh, today, like, in the re- in recent decades. I don't actually even know if, like, I would say, like, occult practices increased. Maybe, like, since the 60s, like, it has. But, like, I think the uh, really You're big right. factor is, like, social media. Like Yeah, I would say the
1: visibility of occult practices has yeah. greatly increased since Ironically, the 60s. Ironically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, um yeah, it but, is very ironic.
0: Yeah, but, like, again, like, get into the coincidental, like, apositorum where, like, there's uh you know invisibility like through visibility like in the way or there's like you know so many screens that like you stop seeing them uh you know or you stop uh like the like you know as you were kind of talking about like these like very uh advanced like you know very complex like ways of like you know uh manipulating perceptions like uh Mm -hmm. designing experiences you know Mm uh but yeah my uh reason to bring that up is I think that because, like, you know, especially now, when we see everything as such a remove, I think there is, like, a symbolic dimension to it. Like, and I think that there has been for a while. Like, if you th- go back to, like, you know, the invisible hand. Like, if you think mm-hmm. of that, like, in abstract, like, I don't know what other people think of when they think of the invisible hand, but, like, the notion of, like, a disembodied invisible hand is, like, a gothic, like, frightening, like, idea. Like, it's, if that is, like, like you know... It's, like, Yeah. Yeah. Um it's
1: yeah like uh so and and I feel usually like that. i mean it hasn't been described that came into i mean that was adam smith right that first sort yeah. of popularized that term and i think it's it's sort of it's it's been applied to various different things but uh it's usually not applied to say you know the idea of um uh, of god or like a monotheistic god necessarily it's usually it's something else right the invisible hand of the market is not god's hand and this is back in it's a much the hand more, of the market yeah yeah so the market in a way is like a a sort of uh entity, entity. yeah like an yeah. embodied
0: being like quite uh-huh. an invisible embodied being um you know like uh and i think that like the idea of like Capitalism as like an organism or whatever, like elements of it as being like, uh, like elements of like, uh, Marxist analysis are very like demonological, I think. Mm, Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that like the idea of materialism, the idea of like, you know, materialism is obviously like really complicated, but like I feel like the, the, there's, I mean, that's the reason why there's a term of like vulgar materialism. Like it's, you know, uh, Yeah, I mean, ultimately, Marx is, like, kind of a Hegelian. At least that's, like, his intellectual background. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't really shake off, like, that type of thing, like, you know. uh,
1: But Well, I mean, in a way, I mean, I think that what Hegel—the thing that Marx turned on its head was, uh, uh, you know, basically Hegel saying that there is a sort of uh, spiritual—the I'm I'm going to use very crude philosophical terms here, but like you know, there is a spiritual authority that determines material yeah. reality, and or that creates material reality. Like it comes forth from like, a, yeah. like the idea or the some kind of creator force. But um, and then Marx flipped that on its head uh, in the context. Uh, but I think if you take that kind of literally, flip it on its head, that it is the material reality that creates the supernatural forces (laughs) that, like, stalk the world in a way. That, like, it is the material conditions of the world that create the demons that rule over it. Well, I don't
0: actually even, like, believe in the distinction between, like... I I guess I would say there's a materiality to symbols. And, Mm -hmm. like, there's not a distinction between, like, the material world and, like, the supernatural. Like, I don't believe in the category of, like, the supernatural. Like, if something you know, uh, yeah, like, they're, like the whole dichotomy of natural and supernatural, like, I don't necessarily think that that needs to be subscribed to, like, uh, I think true, that we can true. think of, like, I mean, you know, these things as material, especially, like, when we think about, like, in terms of experience, like, do mm-hmm. people's experiences have, like, a material reality? Like, what, you know, uh, if people experience, like, seeing something, feeling something, like, what's the materiality of, like, of that, of, like, affect, or, you know, stuff like that, like, uh, is that part of you know, can that be factored it, into materialism? Like it's true. I mean, I, uh, there's I'm the a, alienation you, of the worker, yeah, you know, that's kind of like a uh,
1: phenomenon, but it can't, def- you can't bottle it in a jar. It's just a phenomenon. I see what you mean with that. And that's actually a, a very interesting way of looking at it. Um, that in essence, um, that, well, because humans are, uh, are animals that use symbols and language and things of that nature to manipulate our reality. um, In a sense, that makes those things real for us. It doesn't make it real for a dog or a rock or a quasar. um, But in our reality... Um, in a way, I mean, and if you can manipulate those symbols in a certain way, and if you can set up, uh, structures of meaning and language and ritual and all these other things that create, um, an experience or an impression or create a memory, um, and create a psychological change in a human being, um, those things are in effect, very material and very real. Um, I yeah do you agree with that more well, or i less? think
0: well, I, well i'm still stuck on like i think it's a really interesting question whether like language exists for like a rock or like a quasar uh i think that's like a very interesting uh question um yeah, it, because it like is. do those th- you know like and i think that's something actually heidegger like tackled you know like whether a world for us and like you know whether there is a world for like lizards and things like that uh Derrida talks about it in his of spirit uh mm-hmm. you know actually which is all about heidegger's dealing with like the concept of spirit uh I think, yeah, like, a lot of people think of, like, phenomenology as being very, like, materialistic, and, like, it kind of does pose itself that way, but obviously there's, like, a lot of... Like, again, it's always, like, kind of, like, hidden or chunted away. Like, we don't remember the parts of Marx that, like, have to do with uh, spooks and ghosts and everything, like, you know, all this stuff. Like, uh, mm-hmm. which, again, like, Derrida pointed out, uh, like, and I think that, uh, you know, that is, you know, part and parcel, like, of those things that they kind of are... Uh, in the background, they're occulted, uh, in some way, but, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, it's, a it's an interesting question, but, yeah, I think your larger point about language is, like, very much true, that, like, we, like, language is how we are even, like, processing these ideas, like, it's through, like, terminology, like, the, you know, especially when you get to, like, uh, like, semiotics of, like, different images and things like that, and, like, the, like, things like the invisible hand, you know, like, how, mm-hmm. uh, so, Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, like, uh, it's uh, something like that is, does have a certain material, and that's something that I think is core really to the idea of, like, magic, you know, is Mm -hmm. the idea that, like, language can affect, like, the phenomenal world or, like, has some kind of ontological power, Um, like, you know, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and honestly, I mean, I think that that was a big breakthrough for me when I read mind war for the first time. And which of course was the 1980 white paper written by, uh, then, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Angelo Aquino Jr. Um, uh, Ipsissimus of the Temple of Set and uh yeah, veteran psycholo- if for anybody that doesn't know so far um, yeah he, the, a um, highly decorated highly trained psychological operations officer with the US Army Um, who participated in the Phoenix program. Um, In between Phoenix tours, he co-founded the Church of Satan with uh, Anton LaVey in San Francisco, and then in 1975 split off uh, to form his own Temple of Set. And in 1980, he wrote this white paper for the army called Mind War, um, wherein he postulated a form of kind of... um, Non-lethal psychological total war that he posited as sort of the future um, and the more "quote unquote" humane way of fighting wars, and uh, and in that he basically because he is you know uh, extremely fascinated in occult magic and left hand path. Uh, you know, occultism and things like that, um, and was also a highly decorated psychological operations officer. Um, The way he sort of jumps between those two things um, was very clarifying in terms of, uh, you know, for him, magic is not like making something go poof or levitating or something like that, though I'm sure he was you know, interested in shit like that over the years. Um, the CIA and Defense Department certainly yeah, were not, um,
0: not not necessarily like that, but not necessarily
1: uh, yeah. that. He is more about like doing something, like you know, what is doing something kind of uh, like based in will to affect an outcome in the material universe, right? Um. In the kind of most basic – like basically you could categorize a lot of psyops in the U.S. military yeah, lower and intelligence communities. Yeah, lower
0: black magic. Yeah, he, yeah.
1: Calls it, he calls it lower black magic and I think that yeah. in a way that's exactly what it is. So I think that's also a, a key point that we will come back to again and again is like the point to which like uh, social, manip- uh, social manipulation um, has evolved like particularly over the last century and over the last 30 or 40 years with Silicon Valley um, – which was, you know, tied into all kinds of New Agey uh, mind control, MK Ultra, Esalen Institute, uh, behavioral psychology kind of uh, studies, and and a lot of parapsychology studies too, which may or may not have been total bullshit. We'll 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 get to that at a later date. But um, but basically, you saw a kind of, you know, uh, almost like a a a, systematiz- a systematization. Of magical practices To be used in political And military operations um, And on society at large
0: That's like a historical uh, Like reality as well Like you know that's a long standing Like practice Uh, Like you know having a court astrologer or, like, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. someone like John D. you know, like, mm-hmm. as a stereotypical example. Yeah. Like, and for all those people, like, like, in most of the occult traditions that, like, you know, people who aren't the occult today, like, try to, um, you know, uh, reconstitute or, like, you know, uh, generally group themselves along with, like, mm-hmm. in those, like, there isn't, like, a strong distinction between, you know, uh, illusionism or, like, sort of, like, trickery and, like, you know, the other uh like you know forms of magic that like involve like conjuration of like uh like communication with demons or or angels like there's like a blurring of uh these two realms like uh there's like a you know there's a fundamental like theatricality to like ceremonial magic um and yeah i think that like the, it's, you know, it's, like, just an old idea. Um, there, yeah, there
1: ab- like there uh, absolutely is. Um, yeah, and
0: now we, we really think about it as either, like, stage magic, which is fake, versus, like, you know, magic, which doesn't exist, like, you know, the kind of, like, D&D, like, fireball type of magic. It's, yeah. like, an incredibly important term that has become, like, almost impossible to, like, use, uh, like, without, like, summoning up, like, you know, these kind of goofy images that, like, make it, you know, impossible to take seriously.
1: Uh, like, yeah, Di- yeah, yeah. Disney <laughs> psyoped us good with sort of making. You're right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Once like again, as we kingdom. will see
1: many times, uh, Disney always there with the getting us young. Like, with and you're psyops. always
0: the thing about Disney that blows my mind is that you're always like finding some like new thing that's just like so incredibly spooky. Like if you really contemplate it. Like I mean, from the really kind of
1: like, old German Volkish kind of a uh, scary children's folk tales um, oh. to. The fact that, um, you know... Uh, he was best friends with Werner von Braun to the fact that Nazi industrialist uh, Axel Venner-Gren built the Disneyland monorail. Um, I don't know. You could just go on <laughs> to the fact that the club there is called at Disneyland is called Club 33 because uh, I guess yeah. Walt Disney was a mason. Yeah, 33 degree. 30, 30 degree mason. Yeah, exactly. And now that they are, uh, and even, um, I'll definitely get to this later, how like the successor company that ended up kind of merging when ABC and Disney merged in the 90s, the ABC that merged with them was actually bought out in, I think, 1985 by a shady uh, private equity company called Capital Cities, um, whose chief um, uh, principal was uh, one William J. Casey, who was at the time Reagan's CIA director and um, one of the head honchos of Iran Contra, um, which we will get uh, really deep into. But basically, uh, he it, basically the CIA director um, led a hostile takeover of ABC News. And then that ABC News, um, owned by Capital Cities, merged with Disney in the 90s. And as if Disney wasn't sinister enough already, um, now is the uh, world-devouring uh, behemoth that uh, – um, owns all of America's basically cultural, uh, collective cultural imagination.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm just thinking about like, uh, when you wish upon a star is kind of creepy if you contemplate it. Uh, like, that's what plays like during the sort of intro to Disney movies, right? And you see Tinkerbell kind of come out. Am I right? It's when you wish upon um, a star like when you wish Maybe a star. it used to be
1: that. I, I I forget what the, uh, the I, I associate th- that I song
0: like- with like Disney and the image of the magic kingdom like the the castle. Um, yeah,
1: and I mean it's very like early 20th century, like like I said, German Volkish. Uh, yeah, like, it's like an SS castle. Bavarian. The
0: Magic Kingdom is like an SS castle. Uh, no, it, it, sure. It's like yeah. if you
1: went to South America to like Colonia Dignidad or like uh, some of like the Nazi colonies in like the 50s and 60s in like Uruguay um, or Argentina or Chile. Um, it like it with enough. Pizzazz and planning it would be uh disneyland <laughs> like it would yeah uh, it would kind of yeah. look like that like well, yeah de, like the matterhorn uh, you know
0: yeah it's interesting to think like where that kind of yeah exactly the matterhorn like uh it, like is that like where does that kind of like idea of like fantasy castle i guess probably disney like the you know that's probably Him, he what was I the I auteur yeah yeah though uh, i do like, i'd have to look notion will, of, like of the fantasy princess sort of uh Trying to think like it's kind of this weird, uh, nebulous, like medieval type of world where, uh, you uh-huh. know, yeah, like, uh, th- there's castles that always look that like, kind of like that Matterhorn type appearance, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, all, yeah, all the castles in it, um, and, uh, And uh, yeah, like kind of Frontier also kind of Manifest Destiny a little bit. Um, A lot of themed like Splash Mountain and California Adventure are kind of uh, all about that. And then a kind of like weird fascist, you know, futurist project in Epcot Center and uh, Tomorrowland. And you could kind of find a suspicious side to almost everything at Disneyland. I also remember I have to like research this more so we could talk about it, but I I believe that um a number of SRI scientists were involved in the designing of Disneyland in the late 1950s and you know the <laughs> SRI was Stanford Research Institute which like did a ton of um early uh research and development on what became ARPANET and then the internet and was also uh, involved in all kinds of fun behavioral psychology um, experiments that were adjacent to MKUltra so um, th- th- that's kind of interesting. Um, and yeah. uh, I'll see if I can well, dig up some more sources letter, on that.
0: You know, I don't know. You're probably gonna uh, uh, get mad. I mean, for calling it an urban legend, but uh, I think of it as an urban legend, like about like giving kids LSD and making them watch Fantasia.
1: Uh, oh I I'm I I mean I don't know Wait, was that in, like a snopes urban legend back in the day
0: I feel like it's a snopes like type of story like something that would be like yeah on the snopes pages of like the urban legends like uh yeah like as that part of That seems like a something I would encounter
1: in the late 90s like you know yeah. surfing the web uh Yeah like exactly all kinds like of a weird re- little urban one. legends Yeah yeah but I mean I would not doubt that they definitely gave children LSD during MK ultra experiments for like a span of 15 years. So I think, and I'm sure they, and they experimented with playing various types of media, um, you Know to them to see how it would affect them, and um, I, I don't know, it, it would be interesting if maybe the sort of discovery of the psychedelic aesthetic was uh inadvertently discovered by playing people these like flashy fireworks laden. I mean, Fantasia would be the kind of the most flashy Disney movie and the most psychedelic yeah, one that I can imagine. It's
0: definitely pretty psychedelic. I mean, there's no like real dialogue, there isn't like a you know, there is kind of like a plot, you know, like a mm-hmm. sorcerer's apprentice, you know. know. know there's like a plot to that um Chernobog is so horrifying the demon from Fantasia um that's like almost something where it's like Chernobog
1: that's very interesting because that must be like a pagan Slavic god because that would mean that Chernobog would mean um would mean black god in like Polish and maybe Old Slavonic and Russian,
0: I believe that's what he's called. Uh, I want to say, like uh, it, I'm looking interesting, it up now, but, it, interesting like, subtlety uh, for the 1950s for 50s, I assume, to have yeah, a Chernabog scary a Slavic name god. For him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chern- Chernabog with an A is a Disney name for him. Um, that
1: basically means black god in like Slavic languages, and um, and I I I would be intrigued to see whether or not that was a total coincidence or you know maybe he got it from verna von braun you know uh he certainly uh, was afraid of the of the black yeah, gods least even,
0: you'd have to um, look into like who animated uh that i guess but yeah like uh i mean fantasia definitely is pretty psychedelic uh for a movie like from 1940 like it was, uh, i think it came out during
1: the, world war ii i think it came yeah, out in like 44 or something
0: yeah uh probably uh, for some reason I want to say it was even earlier than that but like um, it might have been
1: 1940 I I um I'm yeah. sorry I hate it when people on, on podcasts get dates wrong when they're sitting in front of a computer so I'm gonna just look it up right now 1940 you were right sorry yeah no problem. yeah so it was during world um, war early part of world war ii um
0: yeah like uh the like uh yeah, it's definitely very like the whole sorcerer's apprentice thing is like, you know, a lot. But yeah, like uh, and I'd be like Disney it's more powerful than ever if you think about it. Um
1: I feel oh, like they've they absolutely the packs I mean, of their
0: power. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, really, they are and,
1: and now I mean yeah. who would have thought that they would have colonized the all they but would have sort of consolidated. The sorcerer's
0: apprentice all the time, you know. Uh they've got like, really like vigilant citizen like type stuff. Like they're they've always <laughs> been like uh Talk, yeah. Talk about subliminal jihad. I feel like the like the really like most of the real like sort of well, again like kind of in the category of urban legends like stories about subliminal images. Like Disney is usually like a big target for that. Like I remember uh, people said that you could see sex like in the oh yeah yeah in the yeah, Stars yeah that, Lion that That's King. real.
1: I mean you yeah. could see. I mean maybe that was a joke by an animator. I, I Who think knows? it
0: was. I think like uh, SFX and it was supposed to be like a signature for the sound people. Uh
1: that's like um, Yeah. But then there's like isn't there the uh the, the framing in Little Mermaid where the, the Sea King yeah, seems to a have a huge dig boner?
0: Castle. Yeah, oh, or well oh, there's like the priest at the wedding and the Little Mermaid had like his knee, a little novely knee is like under his thing and it looks kind of like he has a boner. That but is, that there's is, also that's like pretty, a spire pretty, on the castle or something. That's, yeah,
1: that's pretty dark if you think about it. Uh knowing uh, what we know now about priests.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know I don't know how much I credit like some of that like well for like uh yeah I don't know how much I credit like some of the like subliminal but like you know I feel like if there were any like they would those wouldn't be the ones that they were like you know and they would be a truly they would be truly
1: subliminal um now of course we we would have to factor in that there are um you know, back then th- This is an era before there were VCRs Before, you know, even a thing like Fantasia You would go to theater and see it And then that was it So, I, not not, not to say that, like, yes These are all subliminal things And actually, by the time Lion King came out they would, There was VHS tape, so You could, you know, rewind it and stop it. But I I think if there was any meddling with subliminal stuff on, say, television, um, you would have been more likely to see it like before the VHS era when um, I remember there was a like a mysterious video circulating on YouTube years ago that was kind of a, the sign-off video where they would play the national anthem at the end of the night. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, and, and it had, like, MK Ultra, like, yeah. like title cards, like, flashing, uh, but only for, like, a, a quarter of a second, you know, throughout yeah. the It was, like, trust Naomi, trust Ultra, or something like that. Yeah, or, um, yeah. If somebody made that up, that was, like, an impressive forgery, because I've never heard that kind I've, not, I, I don't I've what seen, happened. seen like
0: it. stuff like that, like but yeah, like I don't know, like that a lot of, like some of those things I've seen on YouTube, like the subliminal messages with the stuff, I don't know, like yeah. It, uh, that, that is
1: easily it, manipulatable know. uh in the you know, in the twenty first century, so it, it's hard to you know, you'd have to see like a real film reel that has that on it. But I
0: feel like the subliminal messages like in a way like are like there's more sophisticated ways of like concealing like subliminal messages like in the way yeah they would be subliminal and like all or they might be overt in a way you know like they might just be like something like you know uh i don't know like uh there would be like something embedded like in these ideas like the idea of like the, the the animation of the brooms like thinking about that like in terms of like in terms of capital, in terms of Marx, you know, like what, like uh, the same sort of thing, the same thing of the animated table, the movement mm-hmm. like of the brooms, like you know, what, how does how is that like ideologically productive in a way, like yeah, uh, it, I someone, mean, it's, like, it, it's it, taking it, commodity fetishism, it, you know? like
1: into like it, it's it's sort of really like mainlining commodity fetishism into your imagination in a sort of fully realized, like, dramatized, kind of, in a performative kind of way. It's, like, encouraging you. And again, if you think about, like, Pixar, what is Pixar's thing usually? It's, like, making movie, animated movies for kids about inanimate objects that have interior lives and, like, human personalities, right? Yeah, I mean, true. think about, like, WALL-E, Toy Story, uh, Cars, like, the list goes yeah, on. Yeah, that's a and very... That's, like,
0: yeah, it's a very interesting, like, theme of, like, animated, like, puppets, like, kind of, like, you know, uh, puppets, yeah, very, like, complexly occult topic, I think, a uh, fascinating, like, one, you know, like, uh, I mean, I guess it's because of the allegory with, like, necromancy, puppetry and necromancy, obviously, what they have, like, a sort of, like, the animation of, like, the inanimate, you know, there, I guess, between the, like, puppets and the dead. talking about how like puppets are like an interesting uh like occult concept like you know they're like an interesting occult theme like the idea of pop or the crossover between like puppets and uh like occult practice is interesting and in that like you know i guess they have the connection with the dead i was talking about whether puppets are like you know always uh, have always been uncanny or always has kind of an uncanny aspect to them i guess i've heard people say like uh that they, you know, haven't always been. People didn't always have that association. But I think there are a lot of things like, you know, uh, the golem you know. or Oh,
1: yeah, the Gollum, uh, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, thing, you know, uh, things like that. The idea, like, the connection between puppets and the dead, I feel like is something that, you know, uh, is, like, standing And it certainly exists today. Oh, um, I mean, it definitely but, haunts yeah.
1: modernity because now we have, you know, uh, autonomous... Uh, weapon systems and, uh, you know, Boston Dynamics dog robots that run around and potentially, yeah, you know, robots. just the idea of cyborgs in general, like going back to Metropolis in like 1924, um, that fear of modernity bringing about some kind of inhuman, human um, yeah. sort of force that might, you know, conquer I mean, us and even destroy us.
0: Earlier than that, I feel like, I mean, I was thinking just now, like, have you ever read. uh the story of the sandman that freud talks about in his essay like on the uncanny um, no, it's hoffman been. hoffman yeah that's like uh you know i mean that's like you know where i think like maybe uh for some people like the strong association between puppets and the uncanny like comes from that essay maybe when it's discussed by freud but uh yeah it's a really spooky story um Uh, basically, like, and, you know, Freud analyzes it, like, from the point of view of, like, uh, the return of the repressed and stuff like that, Uh, but it's basically, like, like a lot of Hoffman stories, like, he can't, it's, like, a, it's very surreal, there's, like, a clear sense of reality, but it's basically about this dude, uh, and he, like, uh, you know, when he was a kid, he had this, like, horrifying fear of, like, the sandman who would come and, like, uh, you know, one of his old, like, nurses or something, like, told him that uh it's like a like late 19th century like Hoffman story uh anyway Mm -hmm. like uh but uh yes like one of his nurses like uh told him like uh you know about the sandman who like comes and like it's not like you know he sprinkles sand like in people's eyes like he comes and like plucks your eyes out or whatever and feeds it to his children or something like something horrifying (laughs) like uh and it's like you know really messes him up and he comes to associate the sandman with like his father's friend Um, and they may be, like, doing some kind of weird alchemical experiments together, but, like, the creepiest part of the story is, like, when, yeah, and, like, there's this, uh, well, one of the, uh, one of his big formative moments is he, like, walks in on, like, his, um, father and this guy, like, Dr. Coppelius or whatever, Mm -hmm. um... Who, like, you know, doing these experiments and, like, Capellius, like, wants to take his eyes or something. You know, I hope I'm retelling the story properly, but I would oh recommend God. everyone read it because it's so, like, creepy. But, yeah, like, he uh. He
1: realizes his dad is the Sandman. Well, like, uh. So maybe. No. Well, like, uh, he associates
0: the Sandman with his dad's friend or whatever, but his dad is, gotcha. like, working with the Sandman. So, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, okay, very, like, Oedipal, okay. you know? So, yeah. like,
1: uh. Wow.
0: But, yeah, but then the real thing of the story is, he grows up and, like, he, uh you know he has this one girlfriend but like you know uh, they kind of like uh, hit a slump or something and he just gets really obsessed with uh, this one guy's like daughter who's just like you know so like beautiful and perfect to him and um, he like uh, you know starts courting her and stuff and hanging around and like one day he like comes to uh, her like father's house or whatever and he finds him like arguing with like, the same guy, like, the Sandman, you know, uh, that he, like, he knew when he was a child, like, about, like, you know, uh, who made, like, what part of this entity, um, and, like, uh, they, like, he's, like, what are you talking about, and, like, it turns out, like, the girl that he's in love with is, like, um, you know, this, uh, like, automaton, like, this, you know, like, robotic being, and he sees her, like, you know, with her eyes, like, missing or whatever, Oh, um God. yeah Freud's whole thing is that like the missing of the eyes like it represents like the fear of castration or whatever something like that but anyway like uh yeah so and like he has like a total mental breakdown and, like attacks the two guys um but yeah like uh wow anyway like yeah later on like the well, most horrifying part of the story is probably like the very end where like, he kind of like gets over at readjusting he's coming out with his other girlfriend again um and like uh he's just like, uh, walking up on this, like, tall building or whatever, uh, you know, this tower, like, overlooking, like, a crowd, like, with her, and he looks out, and he sees, like, again, you know, the Sandman, like, in the crowd, you know, and he, like, goes crazy, like, um, (laughs) yeah, like, uh, and it's all, it has to do with this this spectacle that he looks through and stuff like that, so, yeah, but anyway, people should actually read the story, but, like, uh, you know, then he just, like, yells, like, spin round, circle of fire, spin round, spin around, like, ha 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 ha, like, little wooden doll, and just starts, like, rambling about, like, you know, like, sputtering madly about, like, oh my nonsense, and, yeah, he, like, tries to, like, hurl his, like, girlfriend, like, off the balcony or whatever, um, but, like, you know, uh, he ends up, like, failing, and he just, like, plummets to his own death, it's, yeah, like, uh, you know, um, yeah, uh, maybe I should preface that, uh, like or should I should have prefaced that with saying like um you know you should read it before I spoil the entire thing like in a very bad way but um like all anyway, I can yeah. say
1: is that that reminds me I, I, I
0: feel like I can spoil like a hundred year old stories it's fine
1: like. the the it's public domain now um yeah people should have read it but I do yeah. feel like that sounds like like diary of a monarch project kid um, it, well, yeah,
0: it's very much that kind of like. It's
1: got that weird. You know, well, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's very but,
0: like triggered by like different things that he sees, which I think was why like Freud was it was appealing to Freud, like because yeah, yeah, like he yeah.
1: You know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like in, earlier on in Freud's psychoanalytic practice, he was mostly treating the children of like wealthy Viennese people, right? And uh, did did he not? I mean. I recall hearing or reading something about how early on he was very interested in their kind of sexual and psychological repressions. And it almost sounded like maybe that uh, these people from very wealthy families were like subject to certain forms of abuse that they had kind of no language for and were completely repressed, which led to them acting out. Um, And then later on, he sort of reversed he, he sort of went, he made a, a hard 90 degree turn and started exploring this kind of Oedipal complex uh, sort of theory that oh well like everybody has this um, everybody wants to kill their dad and marry their mom or um, and, and kind of went in a different direction in his uh In his theorizing? Yeah. Does any of that sound familiar to you?
0: Regardless, like, maybe. I actually don't know, but regardless, I feel like most people, like, throw out, like, a lot of, like, what Freud... Like, I guess maybe people still rely, I think, on, like, some of the structure. And, like, he's also, like, very popular in, like, other fields, like, other humanities because, Mm -hmm. like, he's certainly helpful, like, from a historical point of view because his theory is, like, so incredibly influential. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, how important they are like in modern like psychology like his ideas like the edible complex or whatever but um you know the structure maybe of like some of the things like the idea of you know uh I don't know if, if the idea of repression still has currency in, like, contemporary psychology. Yeah, I but, mean, I yeah. think
1: he still believed that people obviously had repressed, you know, uh, or or maybe that their acting out was a sort of, uh, you know, a result or a manifestation of repressed trauma that they had received in childhood. Just that kind of general framework. I don't know if he ever fully abandoned it, but um, I think he definitely kind of... Ran in a somewhat different direction. I believe he sort of like refuted himself at some point. So when people look at Freud today, you have to kind of ask yourself like which Freud are you going to listen to? Because he, I think, turned around and kind of discredited a lot of his earlier work, kind of later on. And then yeah. Um, but I, I'd have to read up on Freud uh, before I start spitting off at the mouth. I about feel like um,
0: yeah, I feel like the idea like that, uh, you know, the idea that people don't know like why they do what they do really like uh that idea like is you know very like we can definitely credit freud like for popularization of that i think uh
1: yeah yeah. i mean like like, uh, like, unconscious motivations
0: like yeah like uh
1: and and not not to quote you know a really uh, a sort of basic source, but I still think that um, Adam Curtis's Century of the Self documentaries um, from the '90s are like very instructive on the depth of the influence of Floyd, particularly through his nephew Edward Bernays, who was basically the founding father of American public relations yeah. and was kind of like the original Madman of Madison Avenue who um who really who actually who consciously used Freud's theories um to sort of uh, to sort of evolve advertising to a more mass psychological uh practice that um that it was its very was its own form of civil jihad if you really want to you know think about it like that um and basically uh brought commodity fetishism to these like uh levels that you Know we were talking about earlier, um, and that that's a direct line from I mean, that was his nephew who studied with him and was uh intimately familiar with his concepts. And while you know, I think you could argue whether or not you know, in like a psychoanalytic context, um, uh, you know, they his theory is still bad a thousand, but I think you're right that like in the humanities and in things like uh. You know, I don't know, the applied humanities, if you will, of like advertising and like mass culture production. Um, yeah, marketing, absolutely, <laughs> i just uh, say of like
0: marketing as the applied humanities, but uh, yeah, I
1: mean, in a way, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like it, it is, it do be like that a little bit, and um, yeah. and, and so I think, like, you know. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that there's definitely uh, a relevance to you know figuring out how the mind works and figuring out how we are motivated by unconscious desires, um, and uh, the, the that in a way, I mean, that is elemental to the kind of the grand subliminal jihad um, that uh, is being waged against the kind of like our uh, consensus. At, Consensus reality Basically um,
0: Yeah I think that that's an important like dimension Of the subliminal jihad in terms of how It is uh, actually waged Because I think that's you know that's one of the Interesting resonances of subliminal jihad is that You know it kind of uh, Resonates with like the Sort of traditional idea in Islam That like there's a jihad like within an inner jihad Or like a you know uh, Jihad against like the south um, And you know uh, Sort of self-knowledge like is an like something that's like there's deep deep confusion I feel like in terms of like self-knowledge uh that people like you know experience now like I think across the board I'm not like saying like these others like you know uh, struggle like with against themselves I think it's like a universal thing but like I think you know our like you know the battle against the self or like you know the uh you know the uh the struggle for self-knowledge even Uh, the first step in any, you know, struggle against the self um, is, like, uh, it's, like, very deeply confused, like, people have a very difficult time, like, with that now, and there's a lot of forces that are, like, kind of working, whether directly or indirectly, to make that
1: more difficult for people. Um, Absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, that, that also comes down to, I think, a base reality, which I think we're going to explore and kind of abide by as a general rule that, like, almost everything nowadays is a psyop yeah would you agree with that like well, i mean i
0: think that it's yeah it's interesting i'm uh, like uh it, on one hand it's funny to for me to see like the word psyop like its use like evolving like to encompass like domains outside like intelligence or whatever like people talk yeah. about like uh but at the, on the other hand like I do basically like art is like a form of psyop like yes. you know uh like most like media like operations like of any kind like our form of psyop like magic is like basically like we talked about the crossover between like a psychological operation like the idea of magic is a psychological operation it's yeah. yeah like uh it's interesting like I think that the, like in a way yeah, there's psych- psychological operations, like, can also be like ontological operations. They're oh, like, ont- sure. they're ont ops, uh, in a way. Like, <laughs> ont ops. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, yeah, um, and I think, uh, yeah, like, uh, but, so that's definitely one way to conceive of everything as a psyop, but,
1: um, yeah, and, and certainly, as, as we'll get into in the future, like, the, anything that happens on the internet, um, in, in a, both just a very real, like, historical material sense um, and in the kind of higher, more, uh, you know, liminal sense that we're talking about. Like, it is basically a psyop machine and has been since the very day that, it, I mean, since the earliest stages of its development, um, it was developed for... Mass surveillance, uh, distributed command and control, and um, counterinsurgency. <laughs> so yeah. like, like that. These were core functions, and um, I think we'll also. I don't know if you saw the. Did you get? To, I don't know if you got to read the the article about Chomsky um, that uh, I sent no, you yesterday. No, I didn't.
0: I didn't. I was down for like <laughs> your criticism of Chomsky. I, um, I think
1: he's got to. He's <laughs> got to go. He's got to get <laughs> taken down and uh, exposed once and for all. And and. Like loudly and often um, because he's just so annoying and so pathetic and I just can't stand him anymore. I mean like all – like who among us has not read – did not read Chomsky as a teenager, you know, uh, in my case during like the Iraq war days and thought, whoa, manufacturing consent, man. Whoa, my mind is blown and, you know, it's like for kind of, um, you know, baby liberals or baby leftists like – um, sure, you know, he'll give you a kind of overview. But then when you dig deeper into his uh, his sort of oeuvre um, oh. of, you know, political commentary, and then you look at what he did his entire career. And that article goes into it that, I mean, talk about an aunt op. Um, <laughs> basically that his... "Quote unquote" groundbreaking linguistics research at MIT in the fifties was specifically used in an Air Force uh, program that wanted to improve um, the linguistic communication between missiles and command and control systems. Um, basically, uh, in I think in Chomsky's words, uh, uh, to You know, it it would be easier in an apocalypse scenario. It would be easier to uh, teach a bunch of uh, instead of teaching a bunch of generals computer language uh, to teach a bunch of computers English. So um, I've read other stuff and I I can't say because I'm. I, tried, I think I tried reading some of his linguistic theory um, when I was like very young and it made my brain kind of bleed because um, mm-hmm. it was so dry and just abstract and whatever. Um, and maybe there's something there, but I recall reading an article a while back that said that um, a lot of linguists now kind of completely reject his hypothesis about yeah. sort of like the universal language that right, like yeah. every human is born with and says yeah. that there's no actual practical application for human beings but there is an extremely practical application if you're designing language for weapon systems to communicate with one another <laughs> in an automated fashion uh, and so his entire like his entire um you know the foundation of his like academic credentials not even the politics but his academic work was just, like, a psyop to, like, create better computer language for, like, our fucking Pentagon death machines. And he's there going, oh, I don't think uh, the JFK assassination was very important. Fuck yeah. you, Chomsky. I'm sorry. Um, we'll we'll get to him later. Yeah, but, I man, mean, well, there's so much there.
0: I mean, he's so old now. I just, like, you know, it feels bad to say anything bad about him because it's almost like speaking ill of, of, like, the the dead. He's, like, so, like, you know, I just think of how he looked, like, during the 2020, you know. But, yeah, I mean, I don't, like, uh, I mean, that sounds, like, credible, what you're saying. But, um, yeah, and, I mean, I don't really know. I'm not, like, a super big expert on I'm Certainly not like, his work, like, in linguistics. I don't really, like, uh, know too much. Like, I know a lot of languages, but I don't really, like, know too much about, like, the theory of linguistics. But, like, I do definitely think that... A lot of, like, grand narratives, like, in academic writing, like, by whomever, like, they're, like, stabbed in the dark, and there's always, like, big problems with them that people, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, especially something like that, like, you know, there's an underlying grammatical structure to, like, all language, like, or whatever, that's, like, all right, like... I guess, maybe, but, like, that doesn't, like, uh you know, that doesn't sound, like, intuitively, like, true. Like, it doesn't,
1: uh, it doesn't. I guess,
0: like, you know, there. yeah, like, maybe there's, like, again, like, yeah, it's interesting, it's an interesting, yeah, it is isn't on top in a way, because it does get into the issue of ontology, where, like, what is the ontology, like, of... Like human language, like, is this something that, like, we, like, you know, reflexively do? Like, has work? I really don't know. Like, it probably is, like, a huge, like, you know, uh, philosophical problem, like, in linguistics. But, yeah, um, yeah like, uh, you know, I think that it's, uh, yeah, like, I don't, like, uh, know too much about it. But, yeah, like, it seems um, that it would be, like, uh, you know, very difficult to establish like something like that it's a big like question like you know like i'm thinking about now as i say that like it's interesting to think about like what people you know uh instinctively like kind of base their ideas on like i'm thinking about two things like for one i'm thinking about like language like in traditional like senses like uh being part of like the structure of like you know in traditional islamic senses like being part of the structure like of reality like what the what is like the ontology of like the quran's existence you know like Mm -hmm. uh that type of thing, like uh, like God's speech, like how what's the primordial quality of that, like how does that relate to human language, which is an interesting problem. I'm also thinking about like, you know, uh, evolution, like, you know, which is our main way of thinking about human behavior a lot of the time now, it's like through anthology mm-hmm. and like the idea of animal behavior. I'm thinking, like you know, dolphins. Like you know, they have like symbology. Like you know, what is the, uh, what like you know, in what way do animals have symbology? It's interesting, yeah, like uh, they do, really. like because they're two totally different paradigms. Like I'm thinking about like the ontology of language. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like both definitely come like very readily to my mind. Like one being kind of like the normative thing, one being like you know in, in Islam. Uh, and like uh, yeah, like uh, so it's something like very, very complex to like sort out. Like uh, mm. and I don't. Yeah, uh, like I'm certainly sure, sure there's no definitive answer, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm like, sure um, it's
1: a very complicated thing. And, yeah, and but, yeah. And, uh, there's a uh, lot maybe, that, like, maybe Chomsky had a point about that, but I think it's intra highly interesting that uh, it, that his work was so useful to
0: yeah like, to the U.S. military during the yeah third the war, connection. and that
1: he he you know he puts himself off as this guy who's always you know against war and hemming and hawing, but. Oh, my God, like uh, you talk about, you know, a conflict of interest there. Um, and I mean, just the fact that you worked at MIT is a little bit problematic if you're that, you know, much of an outspoken anti-war person in like the 60s and 70s. Um that's already, but he. I mean, he. He always had kind of an excuse for that. Well, my work has nothing to do with the military, and it's just an academic institution, and you know, uh, the military doesn't really care about what all us academics were doing, which is like flatly false. It turns out they were they were interested and still are interested to this day in just about everything that could have like a military or yeah, I mean, intelligence. Like, I feel like the military
0: uses like Dilla's and Foucault like and stuff like that. you Oh know, like, yeah, they're, they're yeah, like, the type of thing. Yeah, like
1: well, uh, I remember <laughs> that like. Like uh, a while ago when – remember um, – here this is a personality we probably will talk about. But that like Spencer Rapone guy who was a West Point graduate who like oh, right. communism yeah, yeah. will yeah. win on his hat. And everyone yeah, was like, oh, little- dude, it's so cool. Um, I remember that, uh, that um, the great occulted Crypto Cuttlefish uh, pointed out, um, you know, what does it mean if a bunch of cadets at West Point start reading Gramsci? Does that mean that communism has infiltrated West Point? Um, no, and <laughs> it's or is it more likely that the U.S. military is dev, has you know um, evolved and developed its tactics and finds some nugget of use in Gramsci's like formulations that it can kind of uh, deploy for its own ends and is thus like teaching that to its students and um, and to. To assume it's the other thing that oh like bumbling West Point just let all its cadets become commies um, is like so laughable (laughs) that you like can't take it seriously. Um, But he said it's no different than uh, I believe Cuttlefish said it was no different than you know a U.S. Navy ship coming upon a a sunken uh, Soviet submarine and recovering it to you know harvest and reengineer its parts like it's 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 it is like i mean any to the extent that you see any kind of you know socialism or marxism um uh at work in the us military it basically is the equivalent of like a navy ship coming upon the shipwreck of 20th century communism and salvaging certain things to use for its own operational ends yeah. um and yeah definitely and yeah, yeah. and <laughs> so, that's
0: part of like the uh yeah i think that's part of like the nebulous and like uh entangled nature of the swimming of jihad is that like yeah that's one of those reflexive things where it's like oh like you know this person like you know says like communism will win like they must be like an anti-imperialist like even if they're like whatever like an imperialist foot soldier like or whatever you know and yeah like a lot of like academia is like so deeply plugged into that stuff that like i feel like that's a lot of the time like yeah uh definitely like it's all like we're like a lot of the time people are very very complicit like at these things whether like they imagine themselves not to be or or whatever like there's a lot of like hypocrisy like a lot of deep ironies like going on like in that world like chomsky yeah being one Mm -hmm. uh example um But Yeah, Yeah, uh, I'm thinking
1: of, like, Donna Haraway getting caught, uh, like, donating thousands of dollars to, like, Kamala Harris's campaign. Yeah, exactly, I love that, I love that, like...
0: Yeah,
1: um, yeah, not to pick on Donna, but, you know, uh, uh, or all the Santa Cruz, like, you know, uh, philosophy department or whatever, but uh, that was uh, kind of funny. So, um, yeah, there, like, complicity, both conscious and unconscious, and subconscious abounds everywhere,
0: yeah. Um true. Yeah.
1: Um and that like, that's I don't know. That's what I guess that's what we're trying to hold the line on and um and not become a victim of um you know, by remaining uh vigilant <laughs> and uh, <laughs> vigilant conscious citizens. about it. But by remaining um, vigilant citizens, um yeah. you know, um, I think we can escape it but um uh, yeah, I, it's I think. It's interesting
0: that he's like so. He identifies so strongly with being a citizen. Maybe. Is he a sovereign citizen, do you think, vigilant citizen?
1: He's an evangelical, I believe.
0: Uh, yeah. I was just like, uh, I was just wondering why he emphasizes the aspect of being a citizen. I guess, like, maybe, because like, he's a taxpayer, so, like, he deserves to, like, know about these monarch.
1: Things and like, Uh, yeah. I I mean, I think there's usually it's kind of an older school kind of um, like Ted Gunderson era um, expose of like you know satanic Illuminati control over everything. Where um, and like Alex Jones like trafficked uh, in this a lot and probably still does. Like I'm a patriot. Yeah, exactly. Like like he worships George Washington and (laughs) (laughs) Thomas Jefferson and like and and it's almost like. You know, just like kind of any normal, uh, like normie conservative boomer, they just want to go back to like a 1950s era before the satanic pedophiles ran everything and our brave, you know, and and the same with QAnon, like our brave military men who are patriots and probably Christian um, are going to root these sickos out, you know, and then and then it's like, you know, there's a virus that has been unleashed into the American body And um, we're going to – once we kind of expose – this kind of discrete group or network of individuals like we're gonna flush out the cancer and um and america will be glory will be great yeah it's interesting
0: Um, like it's really actually interesting to see like because that's something that i feel like we've both probably witnessed like unfold in our own lifetime like this sort of like patriotic incarnation of conspiracy theories like because like when i was first like getting into any kind of conspiracy theory like type topic like you know like uh like, suspicion of the government, like black helicopters, like all that stuff was, like, yeah. you know, very front and center. And one of the first things that you, like, you know, are exposed to in terms of, like, you know, occult symbolism, like, or secret societies, like, it's always, like, you know, oh, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, like these Wild, guys, like, you know, D.C. They, like, the National like, Mall. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, which, like, you yeah. know, obviously there is, like, sacred geometric principles, like, in the city planning of the National Mall, like, for sure. Well, but,
1: like, that's actually, um, I, I think if we, if we were to do, um, in a later episode, maybe we'll do, like, a, uh, a, a sort of um, a public history of the evolution of conspiracy theories. Um, you know, I mean, we really could go back... To the beginning of like the anti-Masonic party. But even within our own lifetime, I absolutely – you're totally right. Like I remember kind of being on the internet or being just floating around um, as a young person during the Bush years. And the types of conspiracy there's like back then – and and part of it was a carryover from the 90s where – and, and you know, partially maybe it was because of like you know, Bill Clinton was president, that you had these kind of patriot movements. And but they were all um pretty convinced that, you know, george Bush uh, senior was evil, which is one hundred percent correct. Um, and um and that the u s. government was like going to angle, well, actually, they always had there was always kind of two minds about it. I would say that, um that they thought that. The U.S. government was going to sort of, like, surrender itself to, like, U.N. authority. Um, and that American sovereignty would be abolished in favor of, like, a one-world government. But they also were pretty much suspicious of every single person that was in government, um, whether it was George Bush or Bill Clinton or George W. Bush um, or Dick Cheney. Like, yeah, all these like people the were X suspect. Yeah, the
0: was at least, like, a watered-down version of, like, what like, – yeah, even watered-down, like, in terms of the government suspicion, like, watered-down version of what people thought. And definitely in that, like you know, the government is like an evil force. Like you know, they're oh, like yeah, you know, yeah. like
1: there is definitely, definitely the, the covering enemy. up conspiracies yeah. left and right. Um, I mean, like there was a time when it's strange. I mean, like the like yeah, JFK was like a major Hollywood movie, which is. Very strange. I mean, it was also executive produced by Arnon Milchin, who was, uh, like, by his own admission, like, a high-level Israeli intelligence officer who helped Israel acquire materials to get nuclear weapons. That's uh, a limited it hangout, is free, but... In his spare time, in between being, like, a Hollywood big shot, that's what he was doing in the 80s and, like, 90s or whatever. Um, so, like, that's kind of an interesting, like... And he's the one who, you know, puts up the money for JFK. But I digress. Um, I, I think that... Uh, god that just took me (laughs) sorry (laughs) that was too much of a diversion Um, but uh, sorry what was I just saying before that Uh, Uh, oh yeah like about uh, conspiracy culture in the 90s like it was generally, I mean, you think about Waco, Ruby Ridge, um, there's a lot of suspicion of the FBI, of ATF. Um, yeah. After 9-11, there was a, a decent amount, not enough in my opinion, but some suspicion towards the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush family. That was family. Like a big moment of
0: split, I feel like, because like, that was like when, I mean, the, the 9-11 truth issue became, like, you know, the defining issue, like, in terms of, like, you know, whether you could, like, one's receptiveness culture. to that could, yeah, turn people off, you know, like, to the, I feel like the criticism about the government got directed towards 9-11 truth, and, like, then it kind of dissipated from the other, thing, like, you know, the whole black helicopter stuff, like, you know, it, like, yeah, yeah like, the general suspicion, the sort of vague atmosphere of suspicion, like, didn't persist, it was, like, kind of, either, like, are you gonna commit to the idea that like the government did 911 or like are you going to like disengage from this i feel like or like at least that, it wasn't that, yeah i don't know
1: that's true that was a very delicate dance in the in the early 2000s because um you had you know you had a lot of people that didn't like bush and cheney like kind of in a similar way to the the way people hate trump but i feel like like actually Sort of, I don't know. That's a whole other thing. But basically, you did have that like nine eleven truth thing. And if you listen to like Alex Jones in the two thousands, he was uh, pretty big on just generally on like the nine eleven truth thing. Um, I forget if he sort of settled on one specific theory, but I feel like he pretty much was like, folks, like. They did it, you know, yeah. uh, and and he he always kind of trash talked the Bushes. He was never a big fan of the Bushes, which kind of almost gave him like this libertarian. Yeah, he, crossover definitely, he credibility. transformed.
0: We definitely saw him transform in 2016. yeah. He yeah. Even
1: as place. late as like 2014, he was definitely <laughs> anti Obama. So he started ending up kind of landing on the more like Republican side after Obama came in. Um, and then oh and then his sort of focus on conspiracies kind of just shifted I, th- I feel like he almost you know he'd bring up 911 every now and then but he kind of like put it on the shelf and sort of focusing on Obama um, you know uh, being a yeah. secret Muslim uh, he's it right, yeah. uh that kind of stuff and um, and then you know Benghazi and and he was actually I mean he weirdly was like you know kind of anti I think uh, you know, anti-intervening in Libya and anti-Syrian intervention, which put him in like strange company with, you know, people on the far left and then also on like the far right. And uh, and um, but then, you know, he started becoming more I think he realized his audience was like because he's also a consummate like opportunist and like showman. So I think he realized that he could get more mainstream people who in the 2000s probably would have. Turned him off if they heard him talking about Bush did 9-11. But then once Obama came in, there was a whole base that was activated to believe in conspiracy narratives about the first black president and uh, and with the with the scary like Arab name and blah, blah, blah. Um, And then it kind of like swung back to uh, then when Trump came was the first time that like he had a politician that could kind of. Uh, sync up with the kind of stuff he was saying and uh, I think he saw dollar signs and whatever. <laughs> Who the fuck knows what he saw. Um, but uh, yeah, but, really. but then you Could've saw... And, but the end result of that has been like QAnon, which is now like... Totally uh, – like Alex Jones threw so much of his kind of skepticism about authority, which is probably performative because um, he used to say stuff like, folks, like my uncle, he was basically the Oliver North of Guatemala in the 80s <laughs> you know, and shit like that. And you're like, wait a minute, what? Your uncle was like a special forces like drug running fucking contra dude? Like – you know, yeah. I was like, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, yeah, and he'd yeah, never yeah, explain yeah. it. But, uh, <laughs> <was gonna> like, <laughs> like, like, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, this guy obviously has, like, a double standard where he loves, like, the patriots, like, in the, the quote-unquote patriots in the military. Um, and he'd always have these ex-CIA and Navy SEAL guys on who, you know, are – Psyops in their own regard, definitely. I mean, some of them – like, Roger Stone was on four times a week on his fucking show for a while, um, feeding them all kinds of, like, you know, spicy nuggets and disinfo and shit. So, uh, like, he threw out the kind of – it was almost like, oh, well, the military is back in control of the patriots now. And all we have to do is, like, you know, kick out the uh, satanic – you know, the Clintons and stuff like that. And Trump is, like, in with the military. So now everything the military kind of does – um is is kind of chill and not problematic. Um, you know, I mean you could bring the military into now now the same people that were afraid of black helicopters twenty years ago are kind of begging for the military to be deployed in the cities because yeah. George Soros' Antifa squads are yeah. gonna, you know, burn everything down. And I mean and that's a whole nother thing. I I with Antifa and uh, like what role they serve and and all that shit, uh we'll save that for a later time. But I think um it's it's it it is a very um you know, it's a long term psyop that is kind of I think bearing fruit now. Um we'll see after this election, you know, like what happens if uh Trump doesn't win. Yeah, it's gonna um, be interesting
0: to see like what people start saying. Like if Trump doesn't win, like uh, the story I feel like is pretty obvious. If he does win, I guess, I don't know. Like I've definitely seen people saying, like, if Biden wins, like america is lost like or whatever you know like uh thing, oh, yeah, is, yeah. like so funny that like you know people and now there's think, gonna like, be
1: so many irregularities i i i really do fear that like there's some kind of like trap being set for like yeah. the entire country that um, it's like no matter what way it goes it's not going to be clean and there's yeah. going to be disputed results and i then, think that
0: you're probably like it seems like it's headed in that direction
1: like it seems
0: like yeah we're no no matter what the outcome is, like. I mean, yeah, I think actually Trump might have been right about saying like you'll you'll never know who won, but I'm gonna win, you know, <laughs> uh, like uh, which is an inherently kind of like you accurate. know contradictory statement, but yeah, it uh, it's literally inherently contradictory, but it's uh, still gonna be like what happens, like no one's gonna know who won and he's gonna win, um, uh, yeah, like,
1: yeah. Or but. or like, I don't know, maybe he doesn't, um, because I, I personally I, I I think if um if if uh if Susan Rice ends up being the vice presidential nominee, which I'm literally betting on, but she is deeply evil and we will definitely do an episode about her activities in Africa in the nineteen nineties and early two thousands if she gets picked, um, among other things. Um but Um, She is the kind of most sophisticated, highest ranking kind of operator. Um, I mean, we need to come up with a better term than the deep state because it's been hopelessly corrupted. But um, in terms of like the national security um, sort of – yeah, kind of shadow government, if you will, Um, I I find it hard to believe that they would – Let Trump beat that duo, Um, especially because Biden is basically uh, like a puppet man at this point. You know, he's not really all there. Um, And then uh, but but that that doesn't mean that it would be any less messy or full of conflict or that, like, you know, Trump would accept that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but I feel like would like they like in terms of like, you know, would they have let I feel like Trump. Yeah, like, ultimately, maybe too much, like, have, uh, like, you know, too much hasn't, like, maybe the instability, like, is to their advantage, or ultimately, maybe they made that calculus, but I feel like, why wouldn't, like, you know, like, int- like the deep state or whatever, like, you know, intelligence operatives or whatever, uh, stop Trump from winning in the first place? I mean, now, like, I feel like there's, what well, in terms of the mail-in voting and stuff, I think it's just gonna go horribly, like, it's mm-hmm. gonna be, it an abs- be, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be... It's going to be a national nightmare for sure, I think. Um,
1: and I think it's very interesting that there seems to be very little effort in the media or in, you know, public discussion or politicians kind of talking about, um, you know, they still have, like, two months to sort of set this thing up. I think they're scared.
0: Of, like, I think they're scared, like, if they, if, they, if they, like, say what, like, the reality seems to be, if you, like, think about it for, like, even more than, like, a second, you know, like, uh, then people will panic like yeah now people just aren't kind of thinking about it like they're consumed well,
1: by the things. I, what, what i was gonna say is more like people had instead of there being some kind of like you know even surface level debate about the the possibilities of like setting up socially distanced outdoor voting stations or anything like that it's like they've gone straight to just mail-in ballots only and like that's what we're doing and um and that seems like uh Just a clusterfuck on the logistical level um, that seems unlikely to end well Um, and and that you probably could do some kind. But it seems like neither side, neither of these parties um, seem particularly interested in setting up in like accommodating this, you know, this coronavirus crisis uh, and sort of working around it. To make it so that people can still go in person and, you know, vote on the normal machines. I mean, the, it's almost like not even worth talking about because there's like a million ways to Sundays that, you know, the elections can be uh, manipulated. Um, and now there's just like an open landscape of, of you know, fuckery that can go on. Um, and, uh, you know. Yeah, if you just look the- at
0: what happened in Iowa in the Democratic primary. Like it was that huge mess. Like this is going to be way bigger. Uh, like definitely when they do the mail-in ballots. I don't know. I feel like the the socially distanced like polling places. Like yeah, that would also be like a nightmare. Like just the aspect of the pandemic versus like there. Yeah, I feel like it's almost impossible that it would have panned out in any other way than it we're seeing it unfold, but. I don't really even know in a way like people, it's funny because people have been talking about this like for a while. And like, I feel like uh, I personally have been like kind of laughing at like the idea of like something happening with the election, like, you know, like he's not going to step down or whatever. Like, you know, I'd be like, all right, like, you know, but now I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I really don't. I I don't Um, know.
1: And I've always believed that, um, you know, like you said earlier, the, the, the deep state as you were, um, you know, like if they were really so against him, why wouldn't they have prevented him winning? And I think that, I think there are factional disputes amongst like the so-called deep state or national security state or just like sectors of the ruling class that um, some of them, it benefits some of them to go in a kind of full neoliberal direction, um, but others saw an opportunity towards uh, perhaps a sort of you know, revanchist, uh, like reactionary nationalism and ratcheting up economic tensions with the China. Um, I think that like, you know, Michael Flynn's game, um, was kind of about privilege, was about de-escalating tensions with Russia so that they could open up more pressure on Iran and China. Um, so it's like, there, there's still going to be like a target and an enemy and, nefarious plans will be going on um no matter who's president but i think there is a certain degree of like imperial strategic disagreement over the best way to do that and clearly like the atlanticist side if you will um that is represented by like obama and you know susan rice and uh and Joe Biden and Samantha Power um, and, like, the Council on Foreign Relations um, types of people, like, they seem to be uh, they had their pet projects over the last decade Um, and Trump, for whatever reason, and his backers, you know, people like uh, Bob Mercer and Peter Thiel um, and then a lot of, like, kind of smaller, like, not quite petty bourgeois, you know millionaires and billionaires but, like The kind of the, you know, the smaller fish in the pond of the elites, um, I think maybe saw that maybe they were going to become expendable in the further, like, globalization and neoliberalization of the economy. Um, And so, you know, they want to get they want to preserve their cut. Um, And so they backed, you know, uh, Trump. Um, I think there was a lot of like cold, hard like self-interest involved in who decided to do that and by the way like nobody ever talks about Peter Thiel being like the sketchiest motherfucker ever and being a Trump supporter and like even like liberals kind of like fawn over him and think he's just like a cool smart guy I mean this guy runs the largest private uh tech intelligence you know uh company basically that is CIA backed um palantir you know, that the U.S. military uses for drone strikes and counterinsurgency and shit like that. And you think that he's, like, a patriot that's going to save us from the deep state? Okay. Yeah, um, it's weird.
0: Because, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I can kind weird. of understand why people, like, reflexively love, like, performatively, like, liberal billionaires. But, like, yeah. Peter Thiel is, like, not. So, yet, uh, yeah, I do...
1: He did say once that giving women the right to vote was a mistake, and uh, (laughs) he wanted to build, like, lawless, like, floating island city-states, like, international waters, um, and, like, literally inject himself with the blood of the young uh, to stay, like, youthful forever. And I would just love uh, Peter Thiel. Come on the podcast and tell us what your grandfather did during the war. That's all I'll say. I think he probably will come look on. Look it up, and you won't be able to find anything. <laughs> so I mean, he's, he was born in West Germany. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Future, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So we'll we'll pin that for later. But um, <laughs> but um, uh, I think um, well, I think we, maybe we could start to wrap up. Is there anything else yeah. you want to say about the subliminal jihad and like where are? Our- uh, I think we will did a good, here. like, elliptical
0: approach to the subliminal jihad. It needs to be approached elliptically, and I think that we did uh, a pretty good job. We covered, like, the main points of the subliminal jihad, I feel like. Uh, I think so. We also I covered so. a bunch of, like, random tangents, like, you know, into, like, finer topics, but that's fine. <laughs> like, I don't think that, uh, you know, there needs to be, like, any kind of, like, strict topical discipline, like, enforced, especially not in this episode.
1: Not in this episode. Maybe later on. I, there is, uh, There are some kind of historical series that uh, I've had on my mind, but even those I feel like we could yeah. kind of approach in a sort of a loose, uh, kind of circuitous, uh, yeah, maze-like fashion.
0: I think so. I think, like, the elliptical style
1: is good. And I...
0: Yeah, but I think that, like, yeah, we could each, like, propose, like, different topics, like, that are in more of our wheelhouses, and we can, like, kind of see where, you know, uh, each one goes, Uh, you know, like, uh, yeah, I feel like there could be some stuff where we go more into, like, the, like, media aspect or the art aspect, sometimes where, you know, we talk about history in general, sometimes where it's more, like, kind of, like, history, like, Gladia stuff, like, whatever, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like, thing, like, that you are, like, uh, you know, into, like, a Chomsky's, like, various, like, foibles or, like, uh, patterns of complicity, you know?
1: Yes. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, various, uh, covert operations, uh, secret societies, uh, military, uh, Technological research, um, the origins of the internet, um, Iran Contra, as I mentioned, because I think that's like kind of a skeleton key to like understanding so many other things. Um, Like, you won't realize, like, you'll never buy that George H.W. Bush was involved in the assassination of John F. Kennedy if you don't know the story of Iran Contra. And I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, uh, But I intend to make that effort uh, to, to, to um, um, win over whoever I can, um, that he was maybe the most evil president
0: um,
1: of my yeah, lifetime.
0: I think that, like, yeah, you might have—if uh, there's no one who's already, like, converted to that opinion, although I guess it is a stiff competition— so. It
1: is. Um, it is. Yeah, um, thinking about
0: it, like, eh, most evil president. I mean, I guess, like, you know, our lifetimes are about, like, 30 years, so. Uh. Maybe. yeah and
1: it's not a game particularly i mean they're all pretty cursed so i don't yeah. want to kind of you know uh hype up the the differences in a way it's just that he gets off so easy in the mainstream culture compared to the things that he did for um, sure yeah that like we you gotta true go all in. of
0: his worst crimes are like really like you no know, one. yeah everyone kind of like knows about george bush and you know uh but also at the same time, people are like, "I miss George Bush." Oh, like yeah. at this point, you know, they George say w. it about is, like know? George but W. Yeah.
1: Bush too, which yeah. is horrifying. And and you know, he's really not like uh, he's also fully cursed. But like his his pap his poppy was the uh, the real maestro, the CEO, if you will, not the chairman of the board, not the principal shareholder, but probably the CEO. Of so, uh, of the kind of um, shadow state, like right wing shadow state uh, intelligence corporate, like blue blood wasp network, um, that kind of honestly like played a huge role in you know uh, winning the Cold War over the USSR, and um, as we will also delve into. Uh, uh, Probably had more Nefarious you know roles Within that than just sort of like Sitting around at summits with Gorby while like socialism Just failed on its own um, there's probably A lot more going on so we'll try To uh, dig into that As well and then of course I think yeah there's also um, If we want to get more into sort of Theory and more ontological Things um, I think uh, That Is uh your strong suit, um, one of your strong suits. Um, and I think, uh, we'll just mash it all together and see what happens. Yeah.
0: We'll, uh, yeah, we'll definitely, uh, we'll be talking, yeah, like the, uh, the occult, you know, like, like, uh, religion, uh, esotericism, like in general, uh, you know, and I think that, yeah, like, uh, even in our conversation today, I feel like it's interesting to talk about, like, the media and, I guess, symbolism, semiotics, and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, uh, and to, uh, yeah, I think that bringing in, like, these different, like, kind of, like, theories and and epistemological concerns is interesting, like, because I feel like it is such a big... When we're talking about, like, you know, any kind of, like, conspiracy stuff, like what you uh, were just discussing, I think, like, the question of epistemology is such a big uh, thing because Mm -hmm. uh, the, like, you know the discourse around conspiracy theory is, like, conspiracy, you know, it's all about belief, you know, it's all about, like, you know, uh, these types of, uh, com- like, you know, this the idea of belief, I guess, uh, the idea of, like, yeah. whether, you know, truth, uh, like, uh, the there's, like, a lot of, uh, kind of uh, certainty and doubt, I feel like, is, is part of the, the big, like, uh, way the conspiracies, yeah. like, are intercepted. Like, uh, well,
1: we can talk about maybe yeah later on the origins of like I mean it, it's like a meme at this point. The like did you know the CIA invented the popularized the term conspiracy theory to like uh, trash people who were bringing up questions about the Kennedy assassination. But I think even more like a sort of uh, a, a deeper dive into the. Um, into, like, just the, the broader etymology of the term and then kind of the conceptions of it, like, within our culture and how they've evolved over the years and how they get treated by, like, the media and academia and politicians. Because um, it is interesting how it gets uh, – it it's sort of always been this box into which you put things which, which like, will not be believed by – sort of the mainstream society and I mean, in their opinion cannot be believed because they are all untrue and they didn't happen. Um, But of course we know that at the very least there's, (laughs) there, you know, there's, there's a, there are real live toys in that toy chest uh, that, of things that did happen. And, um, and you know, the, but the, the culture seems almost consciously uh, structured in such a way to not be able to disambiguate what is a authentic conspiracy, and then what is like a bullshit conspiracy theory?
0: Yeah, well, it's like the question of like you believe like in that stuff, like oh, you believe in that, you know, you like these are kind of like fadic things. Yeah, exactly.
1: Where, oh, I like, bet you uh, believe the moon landing was fake. Um, you, yeah, exactly. Oh, I exactly. bet you believe in Martians, yeah. you know. Oh, you think reptilians uh, run the world, you know? Like, like, like they'll, you know. I think the pairing of kind of like the very like the CIA traffics coke to like, uh, you know, reptilians. Uh, uh, yeah, like, well, it becomes like an Elizabeth issue. Elizabeth II is a lizard. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, those, well, exactly, because just, it immediately becomes an issue of like what can be believed. You know, yeah, like uh, it yeah. instantly, it's in, like there's an immediate transition from like you know this domain to the domain of like okay, well, what's the most like absurd kind of uh, thing that I can think of? You know, uh, kind of and like that, where you know yeah. if someone if you mentioned like you're Muslim to people of certain persuasions. They might mention like you know Al Barak, like the flying, like the flight to the mirage, like the flight to uh, you know heaven that that Muhammad did, like you know, uh, like on a on a winged beast. Um, you oh, know, they'll uh, say like, like,
1: like what about that? Oh,
0: you believe in flying animals?
1: You know, uh, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: this type of stuff. Like uh, because uh, for whatever, it's a, yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, or I guess maybe like, it's, uh, like it's like the phenomenality of the flying animal.
1: Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Or to make a very specific example, which I know you're familiar with, uh, saying that. Like arguing that the the Franklin scandal in Omaha, Nebraska in the 1980s didn't happen because later on one of the boys, uh, you know, alleged victims of that, Paul Benassi, claimed that he was taken to Bohemian Grove and watched uh, Hunter Thompson participate in the snuff film and eat a baby. Uh, yes, <laughs> you know, um, uh, which we will we will get into. Don't worry. Uh, um, we will get into it. And and why maybe it's interesting. That's an interesting example, because I think you can believe the first story while being doubtful about, you know, subsequent ones that came out. Or I mean, maybe you can't. We'll have to discuss it. Um You know, uh, does that impeach somebody's credibility that they said something like that later on? Or is that just kind of a, you know, it's not materially impossible that Hunter Thompson uh, filmed snuff films at Bohemian Grove. You know what I mean? Like, uh, unlikely, probably, just by the odds, he never seemed to like the Bushes very much. So I don't know exactly why he would be at Bohemian Grove. In like yes. the '80s, but uh, otherwise I could see him there because d- d- he was a kind of a walking psyop himself um, in a lot of ways, but. Um but I digress. But I think I think you point out a really important like psychological kind of reaction and a tendency among people, which is almost like I don't want to open this spooky chest. Like yeah. I, so, I'm gonna throw out the most, and it's. I think it, it would be wrong to assume that it's always cynical and just trying to like shut you down and like tell you you're wrong and full of shit. I think it's it's almost like a psychological defense mechanism to be like no, oh no 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 no. I I like. I don't I don't want that in my life. Like I that's like that if that is true, I'm going to have to start considering yeah. what else is true. And then that is and I know it because like I've gone through it. Like it's deeply upsetting sometimes when you come to accept one of these things that is not official kind of public record reality but there's evidence for it and then you become convinced by that evidence and then you think my god what kind of society do we live in where this happens and like nobody gives a shit the media just like gaslights anybody that tries to bring it up Um, it's like being in an abusive relationship with like your society <laughs> it's yeah. like kind of where they're well, like psychologically think, yeah. manipulating you and gaslighting you all the time um and saying that can't be real what are, ooh, you're crazy yeah you need to do and a I mental think that, hospital
0: yeah and i think that it does become like again like you know we talked about this uh subject but like it does come back to the t- uh, issue of like, like as you just said ontology in a way and i think that the reptoid thing is almost like uh it's a more, like, accessible example, I feel like, than Hunter S. Thompson eating a baby, although I feel like maybe Hunter S. Thompson is in between, like, the two of them. Like, you could say something like, uh, what's one that, like, more in the realm, like, you know, you could say, uh, well, Malcolm X was and killed by the NOI, you know, he was killed by the FBI or something like that, you know, like, uh, or, uh, and, you know, uh, maybe it becomes, like, an issue of, like, you know, oh, well, then do you believe in, in reptoids? Like, or you could say, like, oh, I believe in this JFK conspiracy. Oh, well, then do you believe in reptoids? (laughs) like mm-hmm. it becomes an issue of like well there are no reptoids. it's like did this happen from like does this exist you know it's like about like how That's is true
1: it like, is like rea- it, it becomes about how
0: reality is structured like yes. y- like uh in the transition like it's like a matter of like a what happened versus like how are things you know like are things in such a way that it's conceivable that hunter s thompson could like <laughs> eat a baby like maybe that is something yeah like i don't know but It's true. true. If
1: you told me in high school when admittedly I was like a big Hunter Hunter Thompson stan for a little while um, and you had kind of told me something like that, I would have said, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, no way because I was kind of, you know, sentimentally attached to – The image of that author and kind of what I thought they stood for and and not to say that like, oh, I later I found out he was like totally but he was a bodyguard of the Esalen Institute kind of sus, whatever. Anyways, um, (laughs) you know, um, but I think that there is that ontological thing of like, like, no, 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 that is a thing which cannot happen in the reality, which like I I live in which the the reality I accept as like the one reality like those things don't just happen like a president doesn't just get shot um and like by some guys behind a grassy knoll and then nobody catches them and like everybody covers it up because like that doesn't make sense that doesn't that doesn't scan with like. Like how I view the world and how society operates. Like there's so many – there's so much you have to unpack almost ontologically about, well, what is America? What is the U.S. government? Like what are they up to for real? And, you know, like people are so uh, like patriot-pilled back then and uh, had relatively limited access to like non-centralized forms of information that it would be like a a total mind-blowing earth shock to – Consider that just just a la carte, right? Like just a la carte. Oh well, did you know so and so did this? Well, and that's what I think it, it bolsters the resistance to kind of public acceptance um, of some of these more valid "quote unquote" conspiracy theories that exist. Um, even if sometimes you poll people, and it's like if you poll, like you know, if you. I, I, I forget the exact numbers, but if you ask people, like, do you think that there was, like, a conspiracy to kill JFK? Like, very comfortable majorities of the country say yes. Um, even the House, like, Subcommittee on Assassination said yes. In the 70s, they sort of copped out on saying, like, who did it? Um, but if you just ask, like, somebody did it, um, that actually is, like, people are able to accept that. But once you start getting more specific, um, then that gets a little bit more troubling to people because now you're dealing with public figures that they have other kind of psychological and like emotional and affective attachments to. Um, so like to say, you know, um, yeah, like, uh, uh, some public figure, you know, like LBJ knew about it or something like that. Or, uh, you know, Alan Dulles, uh, had a hand in it or, uh, you know, or George H.W. Bush, which again, that that's kind of the heaviest one to lift. But like that is like, no, he's like America's grandpa. He's like a nice – he was one of the good Republicans, even though he really wasn't at the time. But like we remember him that way in almost a kind of like pseudo Mandela effect kind of fashion. <laughs> like hmm. um, like uh, we, we sort of have to remember certain people a certain way to sort of keep our collective – mythology moving and to keep our country like existentially stable yeah that makes sense
0: yeah no i think there is like there's a verge like between like belief and reality where like a lot of this stuff like falls Mm -hmm. and like uh yeah like uh i mean again we can like bring us all the way back to like the issues of like secularism and like devil worship and or the issue of like the like market economy like something that functions like and many ways on belief, like belief, you know, is yeah. like definitely an engine of like how like capitalism functions, like how a lot of these like algorithmic, like, you know, crap, like, uh, happens, like, uh, or like, like how it drives our economy. Yeah.
1: Like, like computer programming is yes. like basically like, you know, like magic numbers, uh, that, you know, that, I mean, at this point we, it's funny that, um, that we never think about, like, computer science as, like, a form of magic, even though I think anybody from over 100 years ago who would see it, if you brought them yeah, to for sure. this year, would look at it and go, oh, absolutely. Oh, you guys figured out magic. <laughs> like, you yeah. You can well, communicate, like, uh, like, wirelessly, like, on a, this, like, slab of, like, you know, lithium and aluminum. That yeah, flows, I mean, it's basically, like,
0: when I was young, uh, in math, we had this thing called the mini-computer That was, like, uh, it was part of, like, the, like, whatever math, like, education package that they were teaching at the time. Um, And uh, CSMP, I want to say, is what it was called. Uh Uh, But they, you know, you get this little, like, sort of uh, uh, magnet board that had, like, different colors on The colors represented sort of different, uh, you know, multiplication values or whatever, and you would place checkers, like, you know, but... It's basically, like, a magic square, like, you know, very, like, a basic, like, very common, like, very, like, you know, elemental kind of, like, talisman. Like, a mathematical matrix is, like, a a magic square talisman, like a, a numerological magic square. Like, uh... Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, am I like an expert on like programming languages and that type of stuff? But like, uh, no, uh, it would be interesting to talk I. to someone who was.
1: But yeah, I, I, uh, it would be interesting to talk to somebody because uh, I mean, you just think about some of the language that was used in silicon valley like i mean you see it today on the internet like you know bad gateway daemon like words like that um yeah daemon is a very interesting
0: word like you know not just in terms of the common sense of like demon but also in the sense of like a genius or a familiar spirit um Mm. like but anyway yeah like uh yeah and uh I, yeah, I think that, like, yeah, it would be interesting to, like, because uh, even from the surface level, like, view of it, like, you know, when you bring up, like, the historical, like, residences, like, the the real, like, deep archaeology of that stuff is, like, in the world of magic, uh, you know, or the, uh, the occult. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and there, I think were, yeah.
1: there were, I mean, if you think about, it, like, the, I mean, the Church of Satan... Um, was in San Francisco starting in the late 60s at the same time that ARPANET was growing. And I, I've, I've heard a lot – I have heard and read a lot of anecdotal evidence over the years that – I mean, well, it's just the the Bay Area, um, which is where I'm from, so I, I know it quite well. Like it, the, the sort of New Agey, uh, dabbling in the occult, magic, all that kind of stuff, was absolutely huge in the 1970s and 80s and 90s when the internet was being created by uh, these computer scientists, mostly down in Palo Alto, and. Uh, a, lot, a lot of those people who had – I mean it's like a joke on the HBO show Silicon Valley um, that one of the computer programmers is like a LeVean Satanist. But that's actually um, – Kind of reflective of reality, going back to the seventies. Like there, I mean, there were a lot of people taking LSD. There were a lot of people uh, dabbling in Satanism. I'm sure there were a few uh working on in the early tech industry. Um, and it was, you know, I mean, these were. It's not to say that they had, you know, uh, total creative control over the development of the language or whatever, but, um, there are little echoes and like artifacts, uh, in the infrastructure, in the architecture of the internet that, um, and just the way it functions, it functions like a sort of demonic, um, like alternate dimension, if you will. I mean, cyberspace is kind of a uh, alternate dimension, is it not?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, there's a whole, like, can of worms there in terms of, like, the early history, like, of the internet and, like, the, like, alcohols, so, like, ties involved there. You really... I feel like that's, like, not just one future episode, but that's, like, that's many, a series. many... And uh, we will,
1: but, we will yeah. definitely do that. Um, there's a lot to read on that subject, and, and it hasn't been... Um, I feel like there hasn't. I mean, there's probably some good literature about it um, out there and some decent histories. But
0: uh, yeah, I mean, like just like you said earlier, like it would be cool to do an episode like, uh, or well, we kind of talked about this earlier. We didn't like uh, talk about doing an episode about, but doing one about like sacred geometry, like an architecture, would be interesting. Mm -hmm. The whole like uh, history of occult math would be like interesting to like do uh, something about. I mean, like it. Like, again, couldn't just be one episode, but, like, there's so much to, like, plumb. But, uh, we'll cross those bridges when we come to them. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Um, I think there's a lot, between Freemasonry and, like, Kabbalah and, uh, and, uh, Islam, I'm sure you know a thing or two about, like, Islamic mathematics. Yeah,
0: well, like, the, like occult traditions like across like there's there's themes that are similar esoteric traditions there's themes there's like islam really in terms of like the esoteric traditions like is very much part of like the western like esoteric tradition so Mm -hmm. like there's similar themes like that you know crossover between like those two worlds like a lot of the time like you know in terms of like mega squares like talismanry like you know uh just basically like numerology that type of stuff like uh, letter symbolism, like, letter magic, like, the, there's, uh, a lot, like, there's definitely differences, as there are, like, always when you're talking about, like, you know, uh, any kind of, like, cultural comparativism, but, like, uh, you know, there's, there is definitely a lot of crossover, um, and, yeah, there's definitely stuff that you could talk about, like, in a micro-historical sense, like, in terms of, like, what, uh, like, immediately preceded, like, the genesis of the internet, and also, like, you could definitely talk about, like, the deep archaeology of like uh, computer science and
1: that type of stuff for sure um, yeah yeah well we will we will <laughs> circle back to it um yeah we got a lot of heads so uh i think we'll we'll wrap this one up for now
0: yeah um oh we should say what our names are in case it's helpful for people to like associate our uh voices oh with yeah names. yeah so i'm Khalid. Right.
1: <laughs> and, and what's uh, your what's your Twitter handle?
0: Uh oh, it's Khalid Beniakub. So, uh, you know, maybe like when we post the episode, we can include our Twitter handles uh, so people can find them conveniently.
1: Uh, yeah, I yeah.
0: imagine. Yeah, like uh, it'll be a good.
1: Interface. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll do that because that there there's some people who who may know us from yeah, there, from and our, I are small sure. mid. I mean, accounts. I imagine
0: yeah our very small mid accounts and i imagine that people will uh like probably mostly be finding it like from there uh despite our accounts being as small and mid as they are i think that's probably the main place people will be coming from i don't know maybe sure uh,
1: it is where we post at so um yes it's mostly where we post that yeah Yeah. it's not definitely Um, not
0: ideal but i don't know yeah I mean, what is yeah. what's the alternative? I don't know. Yeah, not I guess, really. Uh, uh, yeah, really?
1: Th- th- that's kind of it for now, and that's kind of where uh, that's where the takes and the battles and a lot of the psyops are happening. So, yes, it, it's true. for better or worse, it's it's a uh, it remains like the somewhat of a. Uh, uh, relevant, if uh, somewhat sinister space uh, for now. But yeah. It's definitely you
0: could, a sinister space. But yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. the eminent online public forum, I feel like, you know. Uh,
1: for, for so. I think content such as this, uh, definitely. Um, and, um,. And I guess like uh, birthing podcasters out of the mud like Urukai. Um, yeah, as well. Um, so, yeah. So, so. I'm uh, just to say, uh, I'm uh, I'm Dimitri and uh, my Twitter handle is uh, is at Dr. Pos Dr. Poshlost. Um, yeah, that's about it for now.